Check the mic and make sure it sounds right, boys. Welcome once again to Hang On Soupy, a show powered by Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio. I'm your host, Caleb Soupy Spinner, and today I'm joined by senior forward for the Ohio State men's hockey team, Austin Pooley, a guy I've gotten to know uh, throughout this season and a man I've learned has great taste in music. Welcome, Austin. Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, Caleb. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Um, you know, I'm really looking forward to this interview. Yeah, and we were talking before we went on the show about uh, the music groups. You saw the two albums that I have in my backdrop here. Obviously, you can see the ACDC poster on your wall, and we both sh- we both have good taste in music. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like you kind of said before the interview started, I think the best music was made from the 60s to the 80s. I mean, a lot of these bands are writing their own songs and, you know, playing them in the studios and just, um, you know, that kind of music, that like music from that kind, that time period really resonates with me. And, um, you know, I enjoy watching, you know, I've been really enjoyed watching some of the documentaries that have come out about some of these bands. You know, we talk about Bohemian Rhapsody, The Dirt, um, you know, uh, Rocket Man. I mean, just some of these movies and how they, you know, how these bands came really started from nothing and progressed into what they became. I think, I think that process and how that story is told is unbelievable. But to answer your question, I mean, 60s, 70s, 80s, that's where my heart is for, uh, for music. Um, so, yeah. And that's that's some of the best in my mind. Uh, of course, then when you get to the 90s and you can talk about that's when the best rap music came out. But that's a completely different discussion. We're going to stick to hockey as much as possible. We will have a little bit of music. I have something fun for us to do uh, towards the middle of the show here. And then obviously we'll, we, we'll talk about the senior season and how you guys, the the team and the seniors, the other five seniors with you, were able to take from these music groups and grow together as as a squad over the years that you were here at Ohio State. I'm going to start off with uh, with this season or, or flashback to last season. Last season ended abruptly due the out due to the outbreak of COVID nineteen, and this is something I've heard you talk about uh, in the last press conference that I did with you during the season. How did you and your teammates find out about the canceling of the season and what emotions went through your mind at that moment and in the days after when you began to process it? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think it really started in January when, you know, you were hearing about, you know, COVID-19 going on over, uh, over in Asia. And then, you know, it was always in the back of your mind, like, Oh, you know, it keeps growing. It's getting more serious, more serious. And then uh, I remember me and my roommate, Carson Meyer, we were sitting on our couch. I think it was a Tuesday night. Um, you know, just watching ESPN and, you know, uh, it got released that the NBA was canceling their season that night. And I remember looking at Curse and I, I'm going, that's, that's not good news for us, you know? And then, uh, story be told, like a couple hours later, um, you know, we got an email saying, Hey, we're going to have a meeting tomorrow about, you know, you know, what's going to happen here in the next week. We were supposed to play Michigan that Sunday in the big 10 semifinals, uh, nationwide. And uh, so we went to the rink the next morning and uh, our assistant athletic director who oversees hockey, Sean Richards, um, you know, just was, you know, brutally honest with us saying, Hey, like continuing the season doesn't look good, you know, like, especially with the NBA canceling and, you know, nobody really knew anything about COVID-19. They didn't know like what it was, like how it affected people, like what symptoms it gave them. So it was all unknown. There was so much uncertainty and, uh, but he said, as of now, your season hasn't been canceled. So prepare like you're, you're having a game. Um, and we were supposed to have that Wednesday off anyway, so we weren't skating or anything. So we had a meal, and then we went home for like an hour, and then we got called back to the rink again. 
And that time when we got called back, you know, we were told, Hey, your season is over. Um, where we go from here, we're not sure there's so much unknown, but I do remember sitting in that room and, you know, looking around and saying, Holy smokes, I can't believe this is happening. This is probably not probably, this is the last time this whole team will be in the same dressing room together, you know, and, and that kind of hit me and, you know, it was sad. It was really, really sad because, you know, that team had been through so much and we've been through a lot of ups and downs and we had such a close group, like, and I felt, and I just felt like my roommate Carson was a senior and the other, I think the other seven seniors, I think there was eight of them. And, uh, those eight, those eight guys that get, get, you know, given everything they had for the program and we were having a great year. Um, you know, they were going to make it four NCAA tournaments in a row, which was the first time ever. They did get credit for the last one. Cause we did, we were going to be an automatic bid no matter what, but just to, you know, just, I felt so bad for those guys not being able to see their college careers through, um, with how much potential we were showing, but just, you know, I felt so bad for those guys. And, um, the relationships I had made with those guys and, you know, everyone's, everyone was going to go a different direction from here. And um, I just, I just felt, you know, really bad for those eight seniors because they added so much value to our team, not only that year, but over their four years in different ways. And for them not to be able to see how it, w- it was going to play out was, uh, you know, it was tough. Tell me about some of those ups and downs. How did they make you guys stronger as a team and, and build a bond for you guys? Yeah, I think, you know, the first thing was, is like all, all of them were such good people. You know, they all cared about, they all, they put the team first. They were willing to do whatever the team asked of them, whatever the coaches asked of them. Um, And I mean, just, you know, when things went and things were going a little sour, like they, you know, they were always able to just kind of, you know, stay even keel. And we were, you know, we were able to rally the group together and um, we had so much success we've had, we had, we had won so many games and had so much success over, you know, I, I was a junior, so I, we had three years together and, um, you know, we had so much success going to a frozen four, you know, losing to big, you know, Notre Dame in the big 10 finals or big 10 finals, our first year, you know, winning the league, our second year, you know, going to the NCAA tournaments, you know, we'd won a lot of games, had some 20, 20 plus win seasons. So we had been through it together. We'd experienced college together. Um, but they were just such good people on and off the ice and they were all good players that, uh, you know, filled different needs and roles and they were all very good at what they did. Um, which is, you know, why they, that, why they had such an impact. Are you still close with those guys, those eight seniors? Yeah. You know, I, I stay in, you know, constant touch with all of them. There's a, there's a few of them that I would consider, you know, there's a few of them that'll be at my wedding. <laughs> I hope to get an invite to that too. Uh, yeah, it'll be a fun <laughs> one. It'll be a, it'll be a fun one. I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get the best, the best, you know, I don't know, maybe the best '80s cover band I can find. Or why not? Why not get the ACDC going there? Yeah, I know. Yeah, better get out there. Better get working. Yeah. Well, I I see the two guitars in the back. I mean, you could take a break after the first dance and go go uh, belt out some back and black or something. You know what? If I have a couple of drinks in me, you know, I wouldn't put it past myself. <laughs> Over the offseason, you made the number change from number 14, which you had been through your career, to number 12 in honor of your father, Perry Pooley, who's a Buckeye legend in his own right. We'll get to talking about that later on. What prompted you to make this change now instead of your career, instead of earlier? Yeah, uh, the biggest thing was opportunity. So when I got here as a freshman, Miguel Fiddler, who was a senior who graduated during the COVID year, awesome guy, he had number 12. And he redshirted. He was a junior when I came as a freshman. 
but his junior year he redshirted, and so he was going to be there for three the the first three years that I was there, and he wore number twelve. And I I offered him multiple times, uh, you know, I offered him you know different things to, hey, can I wear number twelve? Whatever you want, I'll help you out, or I you know, and he just never took it. So I didn't have a choice. You know, he was a, he was you know he had seniority, and uh, you know that number meant a lot to him too. So I totally get that. Um, so I wore, you know, I wore 14, but the biggest thing was just, you know, I didn't have, I, I wasn't able to wear it because someone else wore it. But when that, that number opened up, I was, I jumped all over it. Has your dad ever told you why he chose 12? Does it, does it mean something to him? I mean, yeah, I, I don't know how like it, it started, but he, he wore 12 his whole career. Um, just like my uncle wore 22 his whole career, but yeah, it was like, it was just kind of his number and, um, you know, it's just I don't know. It was just kind of a number that appealed to him and he started wearing it. And, you know, next thing you know, he wore it his whole career. Sometimes the best reasons are the simplest. Just if a, if a number feels right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I, you know what? I, I, I'd have to pick his brain on that, but I, I just think that, you know, he started wearing it and, you know, things kind of took off and he just kind of stayed with what was working. And that was, you know, kind of the end of it. Your father, Perry, and your uncle, Paul, were two of the greatest players in Ohio State program history. They were both All-Americans, and they both still rank in the top 10 of scorers in program history. It's fair to say that they played some role in introducing you to hockey, but what exactly was their role in getting you on the ice? Yeah, um, I mean, the Pooley family, like, you know, the Pooley family is a hockey family. I mean, my grandparents, you know, they're from Canada. Like, they're Exeter, small town, like two hours outside of Toronto. I mean, they watch every Maple Leafs game. I mean, they, you know, they, they watch every game that, you know, they could, they got to every game that we played growing up. Um, so, I mean, they just have such a passion for hockey and, um, you know, my, 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 you know, my dad and uncle obviously had great careers and my uncle has coached at, you know, has coached at a lot of different, you know, college teams and has had an unbelievable coaching career. And, you know, my cousin Scott plays for the Marlies now played uh, division one at Holy Cross. Um, so, you know, we are a hockey family when we get together you know, for Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever it is, like it's hockey talk. We're talking a lot of hockey and that's what we enjoy doing, you know, um, you know, talking about hockey, talking about different games, different things, but you know, we're a hockey family. And when I was young, you know, my dad got me on the ice, pushing the chair around when I think I was like, you know, two and a half, three, I think it was just right out. It wasn't much like much later on than when I could walk. So, I mean, I've, I've known hockey my whole life. Um, it's just such a passion in our family and uh, it's a way that we all connect. I guess the phrase ice in your veins is literal for the Pooley family. I've never thought about it like that, but it is definitely literal in that sense. Usually that's a basketball term, but I feel like in this sense, we can quite literally equate it to hockey. Yeah, we're going to have to equate it to hockey, but I'll tell you right now, you don't want to see my uh, my jump shot. It's It's brutal. <laughs> now, I, I just started thinking about this. Do you ever have pickup games? between the family. A lot of a lot of a lot of families you'll see one of the clichés is the Thanksgiving football game in the backyard. Is there ever street roller hockey with the poolies? You know, it's funny you brought that up when we were younger and uh my uncle was the uh is the associate head coach in Notre Dame and he's been there for I think like 14 years, but when we were younger, if we had Christmas at their place in South Bend, Indiana, we would on Christmas morning we would always go to Compton ice arena and have like a pickup game with uh, our family. And then the Slagerts who uh, both, both Slagerts are at Notre Dame. Now um, there's a third one, I think who's committed to Notre Dame too, but their, their dad's the assistant coach 
at Notre Dame. So we'd have a pickup game with them. And um, yeah, so yes, to answer your question, we would have, we have a pickup game and it was, it was so much fun. And um, you know, the Compton Ice Arena is such a nice arena. And I just remember, you know, growing up going, wow, this is like, this is high level division one hockey and just kind of dreaming about playing and playing in arenas like that. And here we are. Sounds like a fantastic way to burn off those extra pounds, courtesy of the turkey. Oh, oh yeah. There wasn't much turkey I was eating either. I was going right to the sweets. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, um, cranberry, cranberry sauce or pumpkin pie. What was your, what was your poison? Uh, apple pie with some vanilla ice cream was, you know, okay. Pretty okay. elite. Apple, and I, and my grandma, sauce. my grandma, like she's, uh, she's an unbelievable, like she's a great cook. Um, just like, just like just about everybody's grandma, right? Like they're all good. Yeah. They're all like unbelievable cooks, but my grandma is an unbelievable cook. And like, she makes the best, like, like pastries and desserts and, um, half of them, I don't even know what they're called, but I'll tell you what, like they get in front of me, like I'm eating as many as I can until I can't stand up anymore. <laughs> I'm guessing, I'm guessing vanilla ice cream with the apple pie. Oh, for sure. Yeah. little sprinkle of salmon on top too, if we're really going to get, okay. really going to get detailed with it, but no, well, I'm going to move yeah. on here. Cause you're making my stomach growl here. <laughs> <laughs> Was there ever a time? where you felt pressured to live up to the massive legacy of the poolies. And if so, how did you learn to make your own legacy and stand out as your own player at Ohio state? Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a great question. It's a, you know, it's something that I obviously thought about growing up, you know, obviously hearing about, you know, how, how good my dad and my uncle were and how, you know, how high level they were and such good scorers. And, um, you know, for me and, you know, my dad always kind of reiterated is like, be who you are and be really good at it. Um, you know, I kind of took that to heart and, uh, you know, for me it was, you know, my dream was to play at Ohio state, right. It, my dream wasn't to, you know, beat them in their scoring record or, or something like that. It was to play at Ohio state, win a lot of games, win as many championships as possible, you know, get an unbelievable education, you know, meet as many people as possible. And I, I honestly, those were, those were the objectives. Um, but for me, I mean, obviously like, you know, I don't, I didn't, I haven't, I haven't scored like they have or not nowhere even close. I mean, you could give me probably another 15 years and I won't even get close to that, but that's, you know, that's fine. You know, I, for me, it's all about, you know, what, what are your, like in life, just in life in general, like, what are you good at? Like, um, like what are your core competencies? Like, what are the three things that you're going to do every day that make you who you are, um, and are going to like make you become a better person and a better player or whatever you want to be. But just for me, like understanding those things, understanding how I add value to this team and to, you know, my family and different things and like what I really want to focus on and who I am as a person, just focusing on those things um, have really helped me, you know, just kind of, you know, carve out my own way and uh, make me into the person that I've, I've become today. And, and my, my family has, you know, had my back the whole way and I've had the most supportive supportive parents and my, and brother that anyone could have. And I'm just so grateful for them. And uh, they've really had my back and supported me with, in anything I've done. Do you think maybe unconsciously, do you ever think that going to Ohio state, there was a motivation to go to the same place as your uncle and your dad and be your own player? Do you ever think that motivated you to go to Ohio state at all? Um, uh you know, to be honest, when you're like, when I was younger, it wasn't really like about like, Oh, what type of player am I going to be? Like, you know, where, you know, how am I going to add value? Like, what are my strengths going to be? It was more about, 
you know, like I remember going to the games, like when uh, I was younger and watching Ohio state play and just being like, you know, you're sitting around and there's, you know, there's 10,000, 10,000 people there. And you're just like, this is, this is unbelievable. Like, this is, this is truly amazing. I was like, it would be unbelievable to play at this school. And obviously with the unique situation of both my dad and uncle playing there and my mom went to school here, uh, she was in Delta Gamma and they both, you know, graduated with business degrees and, um, just to be like, wow, to be able to play at this program and go to this school and have my family so close to home, like that would just be, that would just be unbelievable. So that was just kind of where, you know, that's just kind of the thought process I had. And that was kind of the dream instilled in me from a young age. I can already see the title of your autobiography, Austin Pooley, fan turned forward. Perfect title for it. It, it describes exactly what you just told me there. The the little boy who grew up sitting in the stands and watching Ohio state hockey. And that's what I'm going to be one day. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll have to get on that and I'll send you the rough draft here when I get it, when I get it done in about 10 years, but uh, I'll, I'll be happy to edit every page for you. <laughs> uh, I might have to start taking some notes. You're, you're giving me so many good ideas already. I think we're what seven minutes into the interview and I've got two or three good ideas already. Well, we have this on recording, so I'll, I'll obviously you'll be able to go back and rewatch it as many times as you want to make sure you never forget an idea. Yeah, there we go. How has the guidance and the direction from your uncle and your dad grown you as a hockey player? Yeah, I mean, I think it just goes back to like you know, you know, we were just always talking hockey, or when we were, you know, when I was around my uncle and my dad, like it was always hockey, and we were just talking about different things and. Um, the biggest thing was just, you know, be who you are, like, you know, like figure out like, you know, what your game's going to be, what you're going to be good at, because it's all, it's all about becoming the best player you can be within yourself. And then, you know, you know, working on your weaknesses and growing your strengths, um, you know, developing, you know, developing, uh, your leadership skills and, um, your, you know, your social skills and stuff like that. And just, you know, it's all, it was all, it was all about like, you know, maximizing your potential and becoming the best person within yourself. Um, so those were just kind of the things I really, you know, tried to focus on growing up and, um, tried to emulate throughout my, you know, my childhood and my, my teens. And then even to this day, you know, I'm always trying to focus on how I can get better within myself. Speaking of the perfection, the, the pursuit of becoming the best, we're going to take a little bit of a break here and talk about a segment that I call musical madness. So we're recording this. This is going up on Thursday. We're recording this the, the on Wednesday, the last day of March. So I figured I'd put a March Madness twist on something that I know you and I are both fans of, and that's music. The last time that I talked with you, I saw the ACD post, ACDC poster in your room, and on your bio on the Ohio State website under the hockey roster, it says your favorite singer is Kenny Chesney, the country guy. So I went on Google. I found the top four most popular songs of each group, and I seeded them in an eight-team bracket eight teams three rounds to determine a winner we're gonna go through these and see which is your favorite song of these and you had mentioned before the theme theme can be whatever you want if you if you like one better because you work out to it and then you like another because it's a song you like to play on guitar does not have to be a common theme here the only deciding factor is your opinion on it Let's do it. All right. So I'll, and I'll put this up so, so the uh, audience can see it. The first seating I have, The Good Stuff or Back in Black? Yeah, I got to go Back in Black on that one. I mean, that's just such an iconic ACDC song. I mean, just such a well-known rift. 
Um, so yeah, I gotta go back in black there. Can I assume that's on your workout playlist? That one. That one's uh, that one's been on the workout playlist since I was twelve. <laughs> that was a, that was an easy assumption for me there. American Kids or Shoot to Thrill? That's a tough one. Those are both one seeds. I don't know. I don't know how many one seeds play each other the first round, but I uh, I gotta go American Kids, man. That's I mean that song in the summer. I don't know if you can beat it. Windows down outside, 85 and sunny. I mean, that one's full blast every time that one comes on the radio. I had to seed these one seeds together because I don't think any of these are 16s. So there's there wasn't a 16 seed I could pair the one with. So they all these are all going to be tough matchups. Yeah, they are. I go back or Thunderstruck? I mean, that's another tough one, but I, I got to go Thunderstruck for the same reason I went back in black. I mean, I mean, what an iconic rift. And I mean, that song is just pure energy. And I mean, every time that song comes on, I mean, it's you're cranking that thing full, full blast. Another resident of the Pooley workout playlist of, for sure. The good stuff or highway to hell? I'm going to go the good stuff there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got to go the good stuff there. I don't know if you're following along, but we have a dead split for Chesney ACDC songs here. Um, two of some consistent, eh? That, that is true. That is true. You were very, I like them both. I mean, I like them both a lot, I guess, you know, and, and by no means is, is you picking one over the other saying the other, the one you didn't pick is a bad song. These are all absolute bops. Oh, these are absolute bops. Oh, for sure. (laughs) All right. The, the, what is this? The semifinal round back in black or American kids. This is where it gets really tough. Yeah, it does. You know, it really, really does. I mean, they're both just such great songs, but I mean, you know, I see the sun right now through my, through my, uh, through my window and I got to go American kids here, especially with, you know, the springtime coming around and the summer. I mean, I got to go American kids. I mean, that song's unbelievable. That one is, that one is fun. That's a good song. Um, Thunderstruck or the good stuff. You know, I got, I got to go Thunderstruck. I mean, that just a banger, man. So once again, now in our championship round here, we have the, we have American kids and Thunderstruck. Who's your winner here? You know, I just saw the sun again. I got to go American kids. (laughs) I got to go American kids. If you haven't seen the music video, Kayla, I'd recommend going, looking it up. I'll tell you, I mean, I love watching a good music video. American kids is, um, it's just such a, it's just such a good feel good song. And I got to go American kids. I don't know if we can say that these were your picks or the sons. Now that I look back at it, I'm going to go see all the above. <laughs> uh, now, now we've, we found out that, uh, American kids is, is your all time song here. That's our winner. Is it fair to say though, I'm under the impression that there is one song that will transcend themes transcends moods transcends decades it is that universal of a song bohemian rhapsody is what i would say the best song overall end of story all time period couldn't agree more with you caleb i mean that song is just it's universal like you said and i mean we were just talking about bohemian rhapsody you know about the i i I just told you i watched the movie again on friday night and uh I'd probably seen the movie seven or eight times. And I mean, I learned something new every time, but it was just unbelievable how like that, that song at that time was so out of the box. It was like seven minutes. Like all the songs are usually two and a half, three minutes for the radio. And I just remember like them saying like, yeah, you're, this song will never like make it. This song will never be on the radio. Like, and it's just such a diff. And obviously it was just such a different style of song during that era. And they're like, this is just ridiculous. Like, like there's no way this makes it. 
and then it turned into what it was. So just like watching how that song progressed and became what it was when literally everyone was like, or majority of people were like, this ain't going to work. And Freddie Mercury was like, yeah, it's going to work. Just, just watch this song take off. And here we are still talking about it, but unbelievable song universal. You could play that song in any setting and it, and it would resonate in our, in our discussion before the show. Um, we were talking about, you know, how much, how much you love to watch movies, especially the ones related to rock. I wonder if you caught the little reference there when Ray Foster, the guy who's the, the record exec who says it will never, you know, it'll never succeed is played by, um, Michael Myers, who was in Wayne's world where they were bopping to that song in the car. I'm going to have to write that fact down because I didn't know that either. Um, but that's that's a that's pretty cool. I'll send you a link to the scene because it, it's very fa- the way that they zoom in on his face when he says, "No, but this is not a song that people will sit in their car and bang their heads to." I I got a chuckle out of it just thinking back to that scene where he quite literally is banging his head to Bohemian Rhapsody in a car. Yeah, I think that movie just came full circle for me there, and like I I think I completely understand it now. But that's that's unbelievable. I I didn't know that. I remember I do remember that line from the movie. Um, yeah. That's unbelievable. I had, I had no idea. Add that to the list of things you'll have to rewatch this interview for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're on four things, I think. Getting back on on topic for for hockey here, this season looked drastically different than those before it, with the lack of fans, the shortened off in preseasons, and the limited schedule. All of it was a curveball thrown at you guys. How did you and your teammates adjust to these new rules and procedures that you guys needed to have a season? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is like, I mean, like even after we talked about like our season got canceled the year prior and like, I mean, we didn't, we'd have Zoom calls and stuff, but we had no idea what was going on. I mean, for, I mean, three months there, I mean, I was literally working out at like just working out out of my basement, you know, like with a couple of dumbbells and a Peloton, like that's, that was literally it. But we didn't know. Like we, didn't, there was there was talks we weren't going to have a season. There was you know talks. It was there was just so much speculation. Um, you know, we just, we really didn't know. And then you know, as we finally got you know started to see some light at the end of the tunnel, and um, you know, we we were you know more confident that we were going to have a season. Um, but yeah, it was it was a it was a different it was it it, it was different. I mean, we, we we went through so much, and I mean, I just I mean, there were some guys that I didn't due to like different circumstances. I didn't, I probably not, I didn't meet on my team until like in person until uh, like middle of September, which is, I mean, that's, that's crazy. I mean, usually like, usually how it goes is that like that may all like that may all the new guys come in and we work all together. And then June and July and the first part of August guys go home and do their thing and work out and skate there. And then we bring everybody back and it's like, full-blown training camp throughout like you know second half of august and september and then beginning of october until leading up to our, our games but like we didn't have any of that like there were some guys like the only time i talked to them is you know through you know phone calls or text messages just checking up on them so there were some guys i didn't i didn't meet for a long time and it was only like a couple of weeks before our first games against minnesota when we were all on the ice together so that part of it was really different, especially we were bringing it. We had a lot of younger guys coming and we had, a, you know, you know, I had some, we had some transfers and some freshmen. So like going through that, like, you know, that definitely hurt us. That hurt big time. And then, uh, you know, just, just everything. Like we get, you know, we got COVID tested six days a week, you know, some trips, like some trips we go on the road and like literally 
we would get our, pick our meals up like at the hotel, like they'd have, they were great meals, like really, really well done, but we'd have to take them to our room and eat in our room. And we just sit in our room the whole trip. Like it was you and your roommate in the room. And that was it. It was just, it was so different. And usually we're, you know, usually we're going out to real night, you know, we get treated so well, we're going out to nice dinners and nice, you know, steak dinners and we're all talking and, you know, it's just, it was just so much, it was just so many variables that were just, you know, that were just different than the year before. Um, you know, we were at the beginning of the year, we were getting dressed in three different locker rooms just to, you know, you know, just to be safe and, you know, you know, obey COVID protocols. And, um, yeah, it was, it was a unique year for sure. And then just obviously just the big 10 schedule, um, you know, with no out of conference games and no fans. And it was, it was a different, it was a different animal for sure. So first I will say it's, it sounds like with the Peloton and the, and the, the bike and the dumbbells that just as it was for millions of Americans for you, LA fitness turned into LR living room fitness. Uh, the, the makeshift gym in the living room or in the, in the, um, the kitchen or, or wherever it was. But, you know, in that same regard with that and how you, how you and your teammates went around bonding with, like you said, the new transfers, the new freshmen watching you guys. I, I, I didn't even think that chemistry would be an issue going into the off season because you guys gelled so well on the ice in my view, especially you know, Travis Traylor, one of the freshmen coming in, excelled this season. So all of that that you guys did, even though the curveball was thrown at you guys and you didn't get the the typical offseason, the typical preseason to prepare for this year, it seems like what you guys did worked. Yeah, just answering the – or just talking about what you were saying about the Peloton. Like, I don't know if you've ever been on one, but they are unbelievable. You know, like, yeah. it's it's – it's unbelievable. I mean, I, they're like, they were fun to do. Like I would do, sometimes I'd do two, two of them a day. They were, it was just, you know, the music's bumping, you know, they're, you know, they got great instructors, but I, I mean, I love the, I love the Peloton, but to answer your second question. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, we, it was, it was tough, but by the end of the, you know, like you said, Travis had a great year. He's an awesome, awesome kid loves the game. Um, we had nothing but good things to say about him and honestly, all the other guys, but just, uh, you know, just it, it, the reason I said, like, you know, it, it took a while for us to, you know, kind of, hey, this is, you know, how, how are things are done? Like all these kids are coming from juniors and you bring them into college and it's a little bit of a jump. And I mean, everything's everything's different, really. Everything's different. Like in juniors, you're waking up at 10 o'clock and you're going to the rink and you're practicing and then you, you have a meal and then you go home and play video games. Well, now you're in college and, you, you know, you got you're getting you're working out, you're skating and then you got three hours of lecture and it's online. So it was like, you know, that was, that was a different part of it too. Like, Hey, like, you know, like all of our classes were online. Like sometimes I didn't even feel like we were in college to be honest with you, just because, you know, every, I mean, as you know, like everything was on zoom, like, you know, it was funny. I was like, I remember we used to like complain about like, Oh, like I just skated and I just worked out. And now I got to go walk across the oval for a 1245, you know, class for my math 1130 class, like, Oh, I really don't want to go. And now it's like the things I would do to be able to go back, walk across the oval in early September, people throwing the Frisbees and dogs running everywhere. And, you know, people setting up the hammocks or whatnot, like the things, the things I would do to have one more though, you know, have another one of those days, you know, but um, yeah, they got up to speed and they're all, all the freshmen are in the transfers are unbelievable people and they're all good players and they're all going to add a ton of value to the program. Um, 
yeah, the, I guess the way we did is, you know, we just brought them in and, you know, we, we were learning on the fly. We were learning on the fly, just, you know, um, with everything going on and everything was changing on a daily basis, but looking back on it, um, you know, I was, I was, I was, uh, pleased with how things went with those guys. I enjoy walking, uh, across the oval and then crossing 18th to get to the journalism building, uh, for sure. But I never thought you won't have another one of those. Like this is, this was my first year. I'll have many more of those, but for you, that was it is, is all online. Yeah. I'm, uh, it could be I'm coming back for a map get my master's in either finance or accounting. So it could be for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, walk into a class probably because all of all my classes will be at Fisher, but um, yeah, man, I mean, take advantage, take advantage of every opportunity you get in, in whatever, whatever realm of your life it is, because man, I'll tell you what, it, it does go fast. And I know I, I know you hear it all the time, but enjoy every day because it does go fast and these are some of the the best years of your life and you know honestly just seize every day man speaking of you know having the last of something or the final something we're gonna fast forward now from the preseason to the end of the regular season and your senior night ceremony the limited attendance guidelines at the schottenstein center and you know across the state of ohio prevented you from playing your final home game in front of a packed crowd However, I personally, since I was there, can testify that the energy of that night was still present, even with a smaller number of spectators. Did you feel having the smaller amount of people in attendance made the ceremony more intimate and, and more special? Uh, I would say no. And the reason I say no is usually like, uh, you know, the, the parents are able to come on the ice with you and they like, you know, they set up a carpet and all the parents and your, your siblings can come on the ice and you give them all a hug and um, so for that reason, I would say no, but they did. And it was such a nice gesture and, you know, they did such a great job with it, you know, making it what it could be based on all the situation we were in, but to be able to, you know, go out there and get recognized and, you know, be able to see all my teammates and my coaches and, you know, kind of have that moment. It was very, it was very unique. Um, and they did an unbelievable job with uh, the circumstances that we were in. I noticed um, you, Tommy, Eugene, Evan, you guys were all, as you were watching that uh, career highlight video on the Jumbotron, um, you were all kind of sharing glances at each other. What was going through your heads as you watched your career highlights and realized that this would be the last time you played on your home ice? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is you kind of like when you're in those moments um, and something, you know, something great's coming to an end, you just kind of like think back about the different experiences, the good, the bad, the ugly that you had during, during that time. And I mean, we were so, we were so fortunate. I mean, we had really good teams and we, you know, some of the, you know, the people that I met at this university, not only in hockey, but, you know, in, in you know, st- other students and faculty and teachers, like I'll have those relationships the rest of my life. And, and at that time, like we all felt that we were so blessed to be a part of that, of, of those four years, like the, of that, at that university. Um, so we were just kind of, you know, saying like, wow, like, you know, it's, it's coming to an end, but we were, you know, we were able to be a part of something really special, not only in the Ohio state pro hockey program, but also in the university too. I think one of the moments of this season that will always, you know, stick with me as I'm, as I'm sure it was even more to a degree for you guys, but at the end of the game against Michigan at uh, Compton, when Tommy took a little while to, to leave the ice and he was visibly emotional as I'm sure 
you know, you guys, everybody was, especially the seniors. But did did you did you talk to him at all? Did you have that moment where it was harder to step off the ice? How did you feel when it was when it was truly, you know, the last time? Yeah, you know, it was just. Uh, I mean, yeah, it was it was it was tough. I mean, you think about. Um, you know, I gave all my, all my teammates came up and gave me a hug and, uh, you know, said some really nice things. And, um, actually the coach, uh, Mel Pearson, the coach of our team came up and, you know, said, you know, said congrats on a great career. Like you're, you know, you, you know, you just said how much you respected me that, you know, that meant a lot, especially coming from a, you know, a rival like that. And, um, you know, it was just, and it was unique that it was in Compton to, um, you know, a place that I, you know, I knew really well and had, had been in a lot and, um, yeah, it was, it was sad. Yeah, exactly. Right. And it was, uh, I mean, it, it was sad and, you know, for Napes, I mean, um, you know, he had, you know, he had such an unbelievable career here and he was, he had just done so many good things for the program and he's one of my best friends and, you know, to see, you know, to see him have that moment, it was, it was sad. And, you know, he knew that it was coming to an end and, um, it wasn't the ending that we, we wanted. Um, but yeah, I, I could definitely see that he was emotional and we did have a moment. We, uh, we actually sat by each other. I think the whole ride back just talking and, uh, you know, kind of reliving some of those, uh, those stories that we had had from the four years and just talking and enjoying each other. Cause you know, like, you know, things, things change quickly. And, um, you know, we knew that was, you know, that change was coming. And, um, so we just tried to enjoy each other for those uh, last three hours on the way home there. For four hours. This entire interview, you've been talking about the things that you're going to take away from this, whether it's creative titles or movie scenes that I bring up. One of the things I will take away is the nickname Napes for Tommy Napier. I've never heard that before, and I love it. Yeah, I'm surprised. I mean, I, I am surprised you haven't heard it, but yeah, Napes, that's what we call him. Uh, I don't know. I, I, from day one, I remember saying, hey, Napes, what's up, man? And from that from that day out, we lived together in the dorm our first years, too. So it was like from day one, it was, it was Napes and I don't think I've ever called him anything other than Napes in all four of my years that I've known him. What dorm were you guys in your first year? Yeah, so we were in uh, Rainy Hall, room six twenty nine. Rainy, okay. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it was, uh, it was a great spot. It was an awesome spot. It was a sophomore dorm. Um, and, That's North uh, Campus, right? You no, know, it was. Uh, it's right on the corner of Lane and High. So awesome location. Oh yeah, uh, oh, they're brand yeah, new. Yeah. They're they're brand new. I you know so. We met a lot of, you know, a lot of good people. Actually, you know, I still see a lot of students. Um, I still stay in touch with some of the students that I live there with. And there's a lot of good people in that dorm. And it was a, it was such a unique, unique experience. And, you know, you know, how many times you get to live in a dorm with 500 other, five to 700 other kids, you know, in the same boat as you. So uh, the dorms were great. The dorms were great. And we had a great time. Yeah. I'm a, uh, I'm a resident of Park Stradley on South, but I'm hoping next year I'll find myself in a North, possibly. Uh, rainy house. Those are really nice. Yeah. You uh, should. I mean, cause Nate, I mean, yeah. Cause we were freshmen, but I mean, freshman has an asterisk next to it for hockey because I was 21. I think Napes was 19 or 20. Cause a lot of the freshmen come in older cause you can play juniors till you're 21. So, I mean, I was a freshman, but I was the oldest guy in the dorm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. yeah right. I, for, it was a sophomore dorm. So, I mean, Hey, I don't know. You know, I'll send him an email. I don't know if I have any poll, but I'll shoot my shot and say, <laughs> Hey, you got to You got to give Caleb room six twenty nine. Oh, yeah. Had the extended I, I, room. It had like an extra. It had like an extra six feet. So it was. Oh, it was really? unbelievable. Oh yeah, we got we got lucky that the the room we got was you know I think there was only two of them on each floor 
and we got an extra six feet and i'll tell you what we utilized it it was, it was right. we really utilized it yeah rainy house 629 i yeah. will uh i will be looking for that one they might have retired it though i'm not sure i don't know if they're able if you're able to live there anymore they might have retired it ah uh, well given your legacy here i i would assume <laughs> that they would retire it yes <laughs> oh my gosh yeah they probably turned it into like a closet yeah oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, it, it's just a shrine with your your old jerseys in it your broken oh, sticks man. it's got all that stuff in it i'm i'm certain oh, yeah right <laughs> they use that extra six feet to put a net in there it, it's it's brilliant yeah oh La- the last thing i'll leave you with here is talking about the next steps for you you mentioned possibly you know a, a graduate degree have you decided whether you'll pursue hockey in the future at all whatever form that takes yeah so like actually due to uh like due to the the nature of the season and like a lot of teams didn't get to, you know, play their games. And um, like a lot of teams don't get to play in the big 10 conference, you know, and they, I mean, they did big 10 did an unbelievable job, like letting us get most of our games in and supporting us the whole way. But um, due to that, due to like the, due to the year, they gave a extra eligibility to all the, like all the seniors get an extra year, like a COVID year. So my plan is to uh, come back and either do a master's in finance or master's in accounting um, next year. And those are both one year programs. So to be able to, you know, take advantage of that and, um, you know, play for one more year will be, uh, will be special. So I will see you on the ice in a, in a Buckeye uniform next season. Is that what I'm hearing? That is what you're hearing. Yep. I, as I was excited, I just got into hockey when I came here, my yeah. roommate's a, a hockey crazed maniac, but I just started watching. I'm like, no, I just got into you. One of my favorite players on the team and I just got into it. I'm like, and then you're gone. I'm like, no, good. I get to see you. One yeah, we go over here. There'll be uh, yeah, there'll be uh, ten thousand year in there next year, hopefully. Yes, let's hope so. Well, I, I hope we still get the good spot in the concourse. When you guys played the the stint for Arizona State, I was probably two levels behind uh, Brady when he was mending the net or when he was tending the net for the Devils and uh, Napes and more and uh, Moise when they were there. Okay. Yeah. That's a yeah. great, I mean, that's a, that's a great spot. I mean, I'm, I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure they'll get a VIP access next year. I'm pretty sure I watched you check a guy right in front of me. I'm pretty certain. I mean, there's a good chance of that. <laughs> <laughs> Austin, it's been fantastic talking with you, man. I appreciate you coming on here and I'm glad to meet another music aficionado. Yeah, for sure. Hey, Caleb, thanks for having me. You're an unreal dude. And, uh, Thanks for having me on. This was a blast. Now, I will hold you to this. I'll make you promise me right here. The next time that I contact you or that I that I see you, you play me something on the guitar. <laughs> you got yourself a deal. I'm a member of uh, the men's glee club here, so we'll put your guitar skills and my voice together. We'll get something going. We'll take advantage oh. of the mics. We'll we'll get it going. What are you saying? I'm ten or one. Uh so I'm the, the highest of the high. <laughs> okay. We Take could get it like after a, Freddie Mercury like, here. I, yeah, we could get like a "Staying Alive" by the Bee Gees going or something like that. Oh yeah, you know that. We're gonna make pretty high. All the vocals there. Oh I yeah, can do it. We can do it. Yeah, I bow. I bet you can. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I'll have to come up with a list of songs that I can learn that uh, you know go well with your uh, your voice. Alrighty, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. All right, thanks, Kale. Appreciate the time, man. Make sure you're staying up to date with Hang On Soupy. Follow the show on Instagram at Hang On Soupy. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. 
The podcast version of the episode goes out on Wednesday, and the video form releases on Instagram, TV, and YouTube every Friday at 6 a.m. Eastern. There's always something to keep you involved and entertained with Hang On Soupy. Thanks once again to Austin Pooley for coming on the show. I'll see you guys next Wednesday, but for now, that's the show. I'm out of here. <laughs>